0: Good morning. Welcome back to Gritty Hope. Good morning. This is a podcast where a Gen Z, me, meets a pretty okay boomer and Pastor Steve.
1: Mm-hmm. Good and, morning, everybody.
0: <laughs> and we just sit down, talk about topics that maybe just aren't like a little, that most people don't really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a very not so fun topic to talk about in the church, which is... Um, why there's a gap in mm-hmm. in generations? Like we have the childrens, then the youth, nothing there, and then yeah, and
1: the then young and, then, and can... then you sort of get up to Gen X after right. that. Yeah, yeah, we're we're talking about the very um, disturbing absence mm-hmm. of younger generations in the in the church today in America. Very disturbing to me as a pastor, and yeah. a lot of people uh, just that are in the church just let it go unnoticed um, you know uh, but if we're going to be here as the church in the future uh, it is your generation that's going to be the leaders then so uh, and I think the church is going to look very different in the future than it does today and a lot of people are mourning that a lot of the older generations are mourning the fact that the church is not going to look the same as it is today I actually am celebrating that fact Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because I don't, th- I don't even think we're the same church we were five years ago, no. and especially not the same church we were thirty years ago when I entered ministry. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and so yeah. Uh, and Katie hangs out with all kinds of folks her age, whether they're Christian or non-Christian or yeah. questioning their faith or you know agnostic, atheist, whatever. Um, and so she has uh, written an essay. I have. And she sort of got a title for it. Tell us what the title is.
0: Yeah. Before I get into the title, if okay. you're if you're listening to this, this is our second episode. Yeah. And you've somehow liked us enough to, to come, come back <laughs> to yeah. come back. Wow. Uh, in
1: that first episode, we were kind of rambling and trying to find our way a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if and if you like listening to stuff like this, um, just give us a share. Follow the podcast. You know, we'll be we're we'll kind of be in the, like the main podcast. Mm-hmm. Zones like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, maybe SoundCloud. Again, we are not SoundCloud rappers. We are SoundCloud podcasters. There you go. Um, so, yeah, just give us a share because we really want to get a video set up very soon. And you sharing us will mm-hmm. help us get that video.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's see. I guess we need to remind them of our email address. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So our email address, we have one set up. If you have questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for an episode, you can totally email us at grittyhope at gmail.com. That is spelled G-R-I-T-T-Y-H-O-P-E at gmail.com. Thank you.
1: You do that so well. Thank, Thank you, you. for that. Uh, yeah, uh, be nice, uh, yeah. but be honest in the emails. If it's yeah. not a nice email, of course we're
0: we're yeah. gonna keep that. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're gonna <laughs> save that somewhere. Yeah. We might
0: do an episode For, where we read your mean <laughs> emails.
1: <laughs> we read mean emails. Yeah, be uh, be honest in the email uh, if it's an honest question. Yeah, um, we want
0: to talk about it. Yeah,
1: about faith, about life, about about anything.
0: Literally, yeah. no topic is off the table.
1: There you go. Yeah, and remember, if you have stinking thinking, we're gonna roast you. Yeah. We won't roast you for any other reason, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, self-centeredness, prejudice, and all that kind of stuff will get roasted pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> We're going to get started. Um, so I couldn't really come up with a title that really just, just kind of rolls off the tongue. Like, you know, sometimes you read those articles and you're like, oh, yeah, that's such a good title. That makes me want to mm-hmm. read it. Um, I could not come up with that. I'm just not good at it. Um, the title I picked was called we're gone for a reason Mm -hmm. uh, because I was just kind of getting fed up with this whole issue of people like older people in the church going well why aren't we seeing these young adults young professionals in church and then you know someone might tell them oh it's because of XYZ and uh, they go oh that's great and then nothing happens yeah or they go, Well that's not true. You don't know what you're talking about. You're like twenty three. Like
1: <laughs> and, and a lot of times, uh, well, sometimes, not a lot of times, but a significant number of times the staff and the pastor gets blamed because there's no young people here.
0: Right. When it's you know,
1: when it's really a It's problem. a congregational thing. It's all of our problem, mm-hmm. not just trying to point a finger at anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. We're gonna get we're, so what we're gonna do is I'm just gonna read it and if we have a talking point or i just go "Ooh, i want to talk more about that we'll just pause it yeah. and then we'll keep reading as we finish okay so i'm gonna get started <laughs> <laughs> there's a question that is asked so often books are written on the topic the question is why are churches dying reading the book the autopsy of a deceased church is one of the best ways to answer the question However, I think people forget an answer that's important to the survival of the church. You know, what is that answer? It's the young adults, specifically from the ages of 18 to 30. This age group is also called the college group, young adult group, or also the young professional group. Mm -hmm. Young adults are the future of the church, yet so many of them leave as soon as they turn 18 and they don't come back. I agree. Church leadership wonders why this age group is leaving as soon as possible. And I can tell you, I'm 23 years old. Like, I can tell you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't come back because church has become a country club of Christians who want to have as many people as possible watch them while they serve the community and watch them as they act Mm -hmm. as a Christian.
1: Uh, Yeah, now, whether that... In every case, is true or not? Right. That's the way it comes across. Mm-hmm. That is the message that your generation's getting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that, and that's what my generation needs to understand. This is the message that we're getting from you.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause, yeah, because it's more like we feel like church. Well, I know in my personal experience, like this is just based off of my experiences and the experiences of my friends. But it's just become this whole thing of church just feels fake. Sometimes yeah. it feels very fake and. We don't want to be fake. We want to have a real, authentic experience. And that can only come from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to get started back again. I'm sorry. I
1: made you lose your place.
0: (laughs) No, it's okay. Uh, Okay. So, uh, they tell youth groups that they are the future of the church. But as soon as a youth turns into a young adult, they tell the young adult, no, not that way. You don't know what you're doing. Let us mentor you. Now, i'm totally fine with a mentor like don't get me wrong i'm totally fine with a mentor i think it is a wonderful idea to have someone to look up to Mm -hmm. however having people look down on you as if you have no clue what you're doing is demeaning and having people not take you seriously because of your age is even worse so many members of the older generations have good lessons to teach and those lessons should be taught like that's something i very much believe in yet others in the older generations believe that young people don't know don't they we just don't have a clue we don't have a clue about how to lead that they and they just never give us a chance to try mm-hmm. Their thought is that if they can't control the church, no one can serve and lead the church
1: mm-hmm. yeah um, and I think you're onto something there. I call this the Jeremiah syndrome. Jeremiah was a teenager when he was called to be a prophet, mm-hmm. and uh, God's message to Jeremiah was don't let anyone make fun of you because of your age, you know yeah. this is. What I've called you to do—that's what I've called you to do. And uh, if you don't have good m- mentors as your elders, right uh, you know what kind of example are we setting when we right. go when we go into a committee meeting or an administrative council meeting or SPRC? And I'm speaking united you know, Methodist lingo here. Some people <laughs> that are listening, to this not going to know what I'm talking about, but you know what leadership comm- committees are in the church, yeah. and a 23-year-old goes into that committee and all they're doing is sitting around arguing what color carpet we're supposed to put in and having a split vote and getting heated over things that are non-essential to fate.
0: Mm -hmm. It's got to be disheartening. I get tired of it. I've been in leadership positions with organizations in college and I think my age group are like, okay, yeah, this is important, but we also have Our vision and our mission as an organization that we have to get across and like that always took up the most amount of time Mm -hmm. in our meetings yeah but it's just kind of like i had no idea jeremiah was a teenager yeah like yeah i'm being serious like Mm -hmm. i had no idea jeremiah was a teenager because whenever we get taught about the prophets and taught about like the big names in the church they are always portrayed as these older men Mm -hmm. or just older adults but really jeremiah was a teenager then we have Timothy, mm-hmm. who, I, who was
1: a young pastor.
0: Right. I actually mm-hmm. wrote about Timothy. Sneak peek. <laughs> and the disciples. Mm-hmm. Like, no one talks about this. All the portraits we have of the disciples are just old men. Mm-hmm. When in reality, they weren't.
1: No, no. Some some were younger than others. Right. Yeah.
0: Like, mm-hmm. some, like, I'm pretty sure, like, a majority yeah. of them were younger than I am.
1: Yeah. It, I'm always reminded that uh, uh, when the women came to tell the disciples who were hiding after Jesus mm-hmm. was crucified— uh, the women came to tell them that the Lord had risen. Well, Peter and John were running to the tomb, right? Right. Well, John outruns Peter because John's young. Right. Peter's old. Yeah, Peter. Right? <laughs> and so they wait. Mm-hmm. they wait. He waits until his elder gets there before he goes in. Right. You know, indifference to him. So, you know, uh, and I said this, I think, in the last podcast, but we divide ourselves up too much between age groups I just don't think we're communicating Mm -hmm. with one another like we should
0: yeah and that's why you know I really think this podcast is great because we're Mm -hmm. just sitting down
1: having a conversation yeah Yeah.
0: and I actually really appreciate this because it's like I get to meet with my pastor every week
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's neat for me too because listen I honestly do not have a lot of opportunity to sit down and talk to a 23 year old adult hey you know (laughs) Uh, my son's in his mid-30s and my grandchildren are very young and so Mm -hmm. my it's outside of my even my family experience and because your generation is not a big presence in the church and because Mm -hmm. most of the time your generation is is not wanting to hear the condescending remarks from my generation they're afraid that that's what they're going to get from me so they don't approach me a lot of times I think maybe they feel a little bit intimidated and or they just don't want to deal with it because they're afraid of what kind of reaction they're going to get from me, you know? Well, I've been, um, like,
0: telling my friends about you.
1: <laughs> well, thank I hope it's good. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I just, like, share some of your most memorable quotes yeah. to them because I'm like, y'all, my pastor's funny. Y'all just need to come <laughs> to church. He roasts people. He has funny <laughs> quotes. Like, you should just hear him. Like talk about the story of Joseph. Like yeah. that's my favorite quote you've yeah, ever I know. done. That, that <laughs> one
1: stuck. If I get up the courage, we might mention that one in the future. So you, maybe maybe next time we'll go to <laughs> that.
0: Maybe later. next time.
1: Yeah. But you know, when I'm preaching I try to be real. Right. You know, we're flesh and the blood people. Right. Uh we, you know, we live in this flesh. We're not we mm-hmm. are spiritual beings, but we own this flesh for now. Right. This mortal flesh and we have to live in this world. Right. I want to, I want us to be prepared for the next word, but we got to live in this one. And Christ has called us to transform this one.
0: And I think that's you know. a movement that's slowly like getting more popular in mm-hmm. the church because for so long it's just kind of been like a you have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it's never abruptly said. Like it's never like said. You know, you got to be perfect. It's always just this unspoken. You know, you have to like pretend that you're perfect every time you come to church or else you are going to get judged or you're going to be condemned for something that you know other people Mm -hmm. like in my head i'm like y'all done worse well sure we've done we've all been yeah excuse me we've all made mistakes
1: what i have tried to do is is when i if i if i'm preaching on sin i include myself in that group of sinners
0: and i don't think pastors do that enough and i
1: don't think we do that enough hey you know, or I'll say, hey, let me tell you what a hot mess I was this week, you know, mm-hmm. what happened this week. This is how I messed up.
0: Right.
1: Um, I think people need to know that their pastor's human, too. Right, and I you
0: don't know. think that's done enough. I
1: don't think so either. I have been in worship services where I have been preached down to and condescended to. Oh, yeah,
0: I hate those services. And,
1: and I have I have been in worship services where the pastor says, you know what, I'm right down here in the dirt with you, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're trying to follow Jesus together in this so yeah. and uh, and I think maybe that's probably why well I'll just be very honest with you when I was your age you probably wouldn't catch me in the church yeah you know uh you know when I was a teenager <laughs> I've been in a lot of worship services right. when it was over with I have said under my breath thank God that's over with oh yeah you, so know, I. But, you know yeah uh-huh. like
0: I was in high school and stuff and it was near the time where I was like about to go to college and I was just so Ready to leave my home church like I was just ready to leave because I did not want to be here anymore I didn't want Mm -hmm. to deal with what was going on in the church anymore, and I just left. I didn't go to church for two years Mm -hmm. a because um, I Did marching band where I was basically working every weekend
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) And Sunday was my one day to do laundry catch up on homework anything that was due for Monday and then junior year I actually got a job at a church. Um, I was part of, like, the music ministry, singing in the choir, teaching the preschool children about music and Jesus, and we were incorporating little music concepts in as well. I was working with music therapy majors, and it was fantastic. But part of the job was I had to be in choir. And um, for choir, you had to be at both services. <laughs> so in total, they had four services every Sunday. hmm they were, it was two at each time. So there was like a nine o'clock and an 11 o'clock. And at the nine o'clock, there was a traditional service and a contemporary service. And then it was the same pattern at the 11 o'clock service. And I sang in both services almost every week during the school year for my junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, being able to hear the same sermon twice, yeah. I was able to go, okay, that's something new. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it would just get so boring. Because mm-hmm. literally the pastor would say the same sermon mm-hmm. in a ro- like twice in a row. Yeah. And so I'd have to find new things that he may have added mm-hmm. to the sermon.
1: Yeah, well, if you have two services on Sunday, I usually preach the same sermon mm-hmm. at both services. But I find that because the audience is different from right. contemporary to traditional, that it comes out different. Uh, right. I, I can say things in a contemporary service I probably couldn't get by with in a traditional service, you know, and if you, if you, if you have a difference in the age groups that are in both those services, it makes a difference. One, some group can relate to something and and another group can't, depending on who's there and and what their life experiences are, you know.
0: Okay. Well, that was a good little tangent.
1: It was. I like that. I think we caught that rabbit. We chased it, but we caught it. Caught it. Now we're ready to keep going. Okay. Okay.
0: This one's this one's gonna be a little.
1: This one's gonna this one's gonna hit us <laughs> in the stomach. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's, it's a little salty because I was salty when I wrote this. Uh, okay. Um, at a recent church council meeting, I didn't think that I could even speak, because I knew others wouldn't take me seriously due to my age. There were so many of the older people talking, and I felt like my voice wouldn't matter because I'm in my twenties, and the older people in my church still see me as a kid. You know, because mm-hmm. I grew up in church. And so all of these older people in my life still see me as, like, the little kid that was, like, running around in the halls with the other kids. Thinking back on this event, it reminded me of a quote that one of my very close friends told me. If the older generations are not giving the younger generations a chance, why would they stay? Exactly. For a group of people that tell you you need to, quote, be the change you wish to see, they sure like to tell you how to be that change and not give you a chance to actually work. Mm-hmm. So then I go into my moment of mini Instagram 30 seconds of fame.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, so, for quick context for everybody. Um, so the United Methodist Church we're having issues like every other church like
1: every other mainline <laughs> denomination
0: right yeah. but we have a lot of issues going yeah. on. Steve do you want to talk about that while I pull it up?
1: well I think the biggest issue now and and this has been an argument ever since the the United Methodist Church, Formed in 1968, mm-hmm. I won't get into the backstory behind oh, no. that. But That's it was a whole other podcast. <laughs> it was a merger between two uh, two churches that mm-hmm. formed the United Methodist Church in 1968. We wrote our right. Book of Discipline that we were going to live by. Mm-hmm. Every four years, we have General Conference where we make rules for the church. Right. Uh, and it was at the very next General Conference uh, that it was introduced that uh, homosexual persons should be allowed full inclusion in the church. In other words. Uh, they should be allowed to be ordained into ministry mm-hmm. um, and in leadership positions. And so we've been in this argument for, well, how long was 1968? Fifty years ago, right? Uh, over yeah. 50. Fifty-two years. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we've been fussing about this for 52 years. And, and the church is pretty divided along the lines of uh, full inclusion for L- LGBTQ Plus. Plus persons. Okay. Um, and for evangelicals, the bigger issue is what does this say about what this is um, an assault on the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Because the scriptures call us to holiness in every area of life, including our, our sexual life.
0: Right, but is it? And,
1: um, but here's the thing. We have excused divorce we have excused heterosexual <laughs> sins uh you know <laughs> and so when we say well no it's you know the, the bible speaks against homosexuality uh well it also speaks against divorce mm-hmm. and those other things that we tend to glide over so we lose our credibility when we say this group of sexual right. sinners cannot be included like this group of sexual sinners because their sexual sin is not as serious as yours
0: it's almost like you we know, give a ranking.
1: Yeah, we have a give a ranking of sin. But it comes down to the scriptures and how... And my experience has been that a lot of people don't interpret scriptures correctly mm-hmm. because we take it out of context. There was a definite context in the first century out of which Paul wrote, uh, you know. And he was writing in, like, 50 A.D. That's a long right. time ago. A long,
0: right?
1: long time ago. So my uh, uh, so interpretation of scripture... Uh, even though I am an evangelical, my interpretation of Scripture is probably not going to be like a fundamentalist, or it's not. Uh, uh, my interpretation of Scripture mm-hmm. is not going to be a right like a right-wing extremist right. fundamentalist, and it's not going to be like an extreme leftist liberal, right? right and because I'm looking at uh, the world behind the text, the world of the text, mm-hmm. and the world in front of the text. What it says to us today, which is, I think, a legitimate way of interpreting the Scripture.
0: Right, and even yeah. our interpretations are different. Sure, absolutely. Because I feel like mm. I just, we're, gonna, we're about to get a little deep before we get to the neck. before we, like, dive in. Yeah. But I feel like my interpretation is definitely more, like, I read and I try to find as much context as I can. But at the same time, there's kind of, like, this part of me that's, like, as much of, like, a do-no-harm mm-hmm. kind of mentality because I'm, like, Okay, we're saying this, we're saying this group of people cannot be included in the church, but yet we're allowing a lot of weird stuff.
1: That happens, yeah.
0: Right, so what's the difference? Uh, yeah, well, that's that, my biggest question. And that's that why that's out.
1: why we don't, that's why we lose our credibility
0: mm-hmm.
1: when we say we're not going to accept this sin, but we're going to accept this one.
0: Right, it just kind you know? of puts a weird taste in my mouth, yeah. you know?
1: and i really don't want to dive too deep in right, that because we, in, have, a thing, we right? have a whole lot of th- <laughs> things in front of us to discuss i think that we should we should dive into the human sexuality issue yeah, in the future i want
0: to bring in it is it's,
1: so, it's so real in our world today yeah. we, we need to talk about it but i will say this we're living under the fallacy in this country well in the world really that if we disagree we can't love each other right And I just say that's not true. It's not. I can disagree with someone and still love that person and still offer grace to that person.
0: Like, I have a lot of people I disagree with, but I still love them.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the question comes in in who should be in leadership. And I really want to speak to that in future podcasts also because um, this pandemic has really shown me that if somebody wants to be in leadership, In the church, they need to be a spiritual leader first. Mm -hmm. They need to take their walk with Christ seriously, Mm -hmm. their prayer life seriously, the way they treat others seriously, the way they speak to other people seriously. Uh, So you know, even though someone may be gifted in administration, if they're just a bully all the time, it doesn't mean they should be in leadership in the church.
0: Because that just kind of that even furthers the hypocritical.
1: Sure. Yeah,
0: nature of the church.
1: Yeah, some of our criticism that we receive, we have, we deserve. I think some of it's unfair, but some of it, we've kind of, we've kind of earned it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sorry, we got off on another tangent tangent. again.
0: But that's fine, because like, you know, just give context and. Yeah. Okay, so right now in the United Methodist Church, the most popular plan for an amicable separation in the denomination was put together by bishops with different points of view, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad members of the denomination came together to work towards a compromise because I think compromise is one of the more human things that we can do to, you know, keep away from as much strife and pain as possible. The only issue that I had with this group was I saw the absence of anyone who looked to be under the age of 30.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know bishops are older than 30. Don't get me wrong. Like, I know they're older than 30. That's totally fine. I was concerned when I saw that young adults weren't even allowed to be at the table when the discussion happened. Because it mm-hmm. just felt, because I saw the picture and I was like, oh my gosh, it's a bunch of old people. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was yeah. like, oh, they, they're calling this group young? Mm-hmm. Some of these people have grandkids. Like,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't even want to get into Well, that.
1: because we, we're an old denomination. We are. So the leadership in the denomination is old. Just uh, simply because there's just not a lot of young folks here, yeah. and there's a reason.
0: There is a reason that
1: we're older, and that's why we're that's why we're having this discussion.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, so I saw the picture on the Instagram page at United Methodist Memes. I love that Instagram page. Like I think memes yeah. about Christianity are one of the best things that we can do.
1: Humor's humor is good medicine. Yeah.
0: How I many Jesus roasted people? Jesus had yeah. humor, so I mm-hmm. think people. Hot take, I think people take us way too seriously.
1: Yeah, well, we take ourselves way too seriously yeah. sometimes.
0: Yeah, we take ourselves too seriously. Like,
1: now, now, I'm not going to say uh, eternity is eternity's serious.
0: Right. right. That, that's, very that's serious serious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Our faith is serious. But, um, you know, one of my favorite portraits of Jesus is one I saw several years ago in a Christian bookstore, and he was yeah. reared back in a good life. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, one of the disciples just said something that set him off, right?
0: Probably. And so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a filter, and sometimes I say stuff that. Yeah. just I can't mm-hmm. even talk because I'm laughing so hard. So I saw the picture on United Methodist memes, and I got a little heated. I don't usually comment on religion or politics on social media, mainly because, um, you know, as a future educator, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. As an educator, I try to be as neutral as possible and professional as possible. And I don't try to push my personal beliefs in the workplace. That's just Mm -hmm. how I am as a person. Um, I said, I want the church to give us a chance. I think younger people are being pushed away by the quote, we've always done it this way mentality. Mm -hmm. We haven't been given the chance to let our voice be heard because our voice isn't seen as a valid voice in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And the scary thing is people actually agreed with me and they liked my comment. Yeah um the owner of the account even gave me a comment i got a preach from united methodist memes and i felt very validated yeah. <laughs> i'm just a, i felt so validated yeah. um and then i got a negative nancy after that one because mm-hmm. uh, you know sometimes when people are like uh, well not everybody's like that you know those people mm-hmm. right uh this person said we don't have to assume that all older people are against us many are our allies in this fight with a heart emoji and then you, and before, because I was just going to like ignore the comment. Like, I was just going to ignore yeah. it and be like, okay, people can have their comments. People can feel the way they want to feel. Like, that's totally fine. And United Methodist memes popped up again and said, it's not about for or against, it's about a complete lack of representation. And I was in a Walmart when I saw that and I almost hollered in this Walmart. Yeah. Because I was just like, yes.
1: Well, yeah. I was like, yes. That meme was posted. What the great thing about humor and memes is what makes them funny is that nugget of truth, right? That's always behind it, right? That's what makes it funny to start with.
0: And it was so funny because it was a picture of the group, and it said, "Your young representatives telling you about the future of the UNC," which is this old people.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I was just like, "Yeah, this stinks. Mm-hmm. Like, why yeah. didn't, why didn't they get a young person? Mm-hmm. Like, I just wanted to know why." But it's like every time I looked, it was, I was like, so why didn't they get a young person? And people were like, well, the young people, not to be offensive to you, but young people just don't really have a solid grasp on Scripture. They don't have a solid grasp on the faith. And in my head, I'm like.
1: I know a lot of old people that don't have a solid right. grasp on that too. And I'm but, like,
0: have y'all met Timothy? Have y'all met
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Jeremiah? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Several so other comments in the comment section follow the same line of thought. It's almost as if people in the church forget about the young people who influenced our faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I only talked about Timothy, but there are several other young people. Mm -hmm. And also women. Women. Yeah. We're going to have a whole podcast about that one, too. Um, Sure. (laughs) Because women have influenced our faith, and it drives me
1: bonkers. Sexism is uh, a reality also. Oh, yeah.
0: It just drives me bonkers whenever people are like women don't need to speak in church because mm-hmm. Paul said so in this book, yeah. verse, whatever. And I'm over here like, Lydia. Yeah,
1: Take, like, taken in context, I can rip that one apart, but we might do that another day. Please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. That
0: was, a nice, that was a nice sound. One of the more notable examples we have in Scripture is Timothy. Timothy was one of the leaders in the infancy of the church. right? Paul gave him instructions to care for the church in Ephesus and lead them to a better way of following Christ's teachings. We have that in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 and 4.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Timothy was definitely not as old as Paul. We know no, that. No, no. Uh, he was young, which probably made the older members of the church not take him seriously as a leader, which is what they needed to be doing, right? This was obviously a huge issue because Paul later tells Timothy to... Let no one despise you for your youth, but mm-hmm. set the believers as an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Yeah. We also get that from first Timothy chapter four, verse twelve. This is obviously not a modern issue. Exactly. Right? If the church of Ephesus wasn't taking Paul's student, like it was mm-hmm. Paul, Timothy was his direct student. Mm-hmm. I mean you better believe the modern church isn't taking young professionals seriously.
1: Exactly. It's it's not a new problem. It's not. Yeah. And and Paul actually called Timothy his son in the faith. He he loved mm-hmm. him like a son. Right. Um, you know, and uh uh because Paul had a Damascus road experience where he, Jesus spoke to him in a blinding mm-hmm. light. Right. <laughs> Paul knew that the Lord he served was real. Right. More real to him probably than anybody that did not have that experience. Right. And so Paul was not fooling around. And he could see the spiritual gifts that Timothy possessed. Right. Uh, and he knew Timothy was called by God. And he knew that Timothy was anointed. And he knew that mm-hmm. Timothy should be a leader in the church despite his youth. Right. You know, uh, So chronological age uh, is something that we get hung up on and we really shouldn't.
0: I think it's. You know, yeah.
1: I know a lot of people that have been following Jesus for eighty years, but they're still very immature in their faith.
0: I think it's not you even know. a despite Timothy's age. I think it was because because of it of mm. his age. Because, you know, Christianity, like at the time that all this was written, it was very new. People were still dying because of it.
1: Like mm-hmm.
0: people, like it was just such a fresh. They were new very thing.
1: persecuted during that, that time. Right. Yeah.
0: And just having a young face. I think it was like a young face gives hope. Absolutely. That people are passing on this message of hope and of love and of a promise that, you know, God does have a plan. God loves us and he's going to protect us and he's going to keep us going. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And because having that young generation step up and having the young generation, you know, just step up and show up. I think it should be a message of faith and hope to the older generations. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, we're carrying this on. We're carrying on the faith and we're carrying on the traditions. But at the same time, I think older people kind of get scared of yeah. it because they see it. This is from my point of view. I think they see it as kind of like a The young people are taking over. They don't know what they're doing. They're going to
1: change everything. Right. And that's the point. Yes, that's the point. <laughs> that's yes. the whole point. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, um, uh, <laughs> We tend to uh, come to church and bolt the pews to the floor and sing, We Shall Not Be Moved, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing, which is an old hymn, by the way, in case you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anchored in Jehovah, I Shall Not Be Moved. Well, a lot Ooh, of people won't be moved. <laughs> uh, uh, we're not, you know, a lot of people are not going to be moved no matter what, and you know, there, there's actually a couple of books out there. Yeah. One of them is Who Moved My Pulpit, you know. <laughs> but it was a story about a pastor who changed the pulpit and it got moved back again because that's the pulpit that's right. supposed to be there that great Uncle Bo donated to the church and carved with his own hands and that sort right. of thing. And we so get caught up in tradition that we lose our mission right. and we lose our vision, you know. Yeah. There's, there's a place for tradition as long as it doesn't become our God.
0: Right, and I think, you know, I think people my age, I personally, I like traditions. I mm-hmm. like, I like having like some of the traditional aspects. Sure. But I also like bringing in a more modern twist to it. Like I love, like, it's kind of like, I was talking to my mom about this. last night. I talked to my mom about, okay. I talked to my mom about everything because mm-hmm. me and my mom are just really close because I'm an only child. That's good. That's a right? good thing. Right. Yeah. And I'm really close with my mom and we were talking about it last night and because, you know, I like to prepare for the podcast. I like to be a prepared professional woman, you know. <laughs> and um, I'm
1: sorry. You're kind of okay. Boomer blows that out of the water for no, you.
0: No. No, you're great. <laughs> you're kind of like that fun uncle no one wants to talk to at Thanksgiving because they know that the uncle's going to roast them. Okay. But, like, all the young people just, like, kind of hang out with the uncle <laughs> so we can, like, talk trash about everybody. <laughs> It's like that quote from Steel Magnolias, like, if you don't have anything nice to say about anyone, come sit by me. Like,
1: Steel Magnolias. I remember that.
0: (laughs) Right? Um, And we were talking about it, and we were like, it's kind of like a fish. You know, fish don't sleep. They Mm -hmm. have to keep moving, and they have to keep going on. They might visit the places where they've been, but they have to keep moving forward. So I think it's good to, like, still have, like, those traditions, but I think we need to keep moving forward as a church. Sure. Like the United Methodist Church, we recognize our communion and baptism as our sacraments. And we also have traditional elements like the Apostles' Creed mm-hmm. and, like, Advent. I love
1: Advent. The, the seasons of the Christian year. Right. I yeah. love that. I, mm-hmm. I think
0: we should be incorporating that more. And I think contemporary churches—another hot take—I think contemporary churches should be including yeah, the liturgical calendar and including more of our traditions because there are so many people who join the church— who don't really know why we have candles before mm-hmm. Christmas. Who don't know why we have different colored candles. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just really fun as a way to have I think. A I thing. think that
1: needs to be a topic of one of our podcasts in mm-hmm. the future. We'll talk about the seasons of the Christian year okay. that run in a cycle, oh, you okay. know, from Advent through Pentecost, mm-hmm. you know, um, because there are seasons a lot of people don't know that, uh, you know Easter is not one Sunday it's a season of 50 days hey. we, we call it the great 50 days mm-hmm. where we celebrate for 50 days the resurrection of our Lord you yep. know Lent is is 40 days you know well it's a time of repentance and preparation just like the children of Israel spent 40 years mm-hmm. in the wilderness Noah was 40 days you know in the flood and, right. and we celebrate Lent for, for, 40, for 40 days and in preparation for Holy Week, the crucifixion and resurrection, passion resurrection of Jesus, you know. So there is a, uh, and we probably need to cover that, so just so people will know, because now I agree with you, and I try to bring attention in the contemporary Mm -hmm. service of the season of the year that we are in. I probably don't do it as much as I should, (laughs) but I do try to recognize the season of the year that we're in.
0: But I also think like in traditional services, we need another hot take. I think there needs to be more like modern elements thrown in
1: hmm
0: just kind of wake the traditional yeah. services mm-hmm. up you know maybe throw in like contemporary ensemble and just be like hey yeah this music exists and it's fun and it's great yeah and it's not bad because mm-hmm. I think you know I think a lot of contemporary people think like oh the traditional music's boring or it's not like it's not really good but honestly I studied hymns when I was uh, doing music theory because mm-hmm. that's how I learned my chord progressions there you in go. music theory. <laughs> well, sure. Right, and uh, musically it can be very interesting because um, also the tradition behind it and the tradition mm-hmm. behind hymns, and I, I can go on and on for that. But then also I think in tra- traditional services, they kind of think that contemporary music is, quote, bad. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, for a long time, I was a contemporary music hater. Like, I was hating on music, and then I got a music degree, and I was just like, oh, the music's great, Yeah. <laughs> unless it's bad. Like, unless I think it's bad, because music is subjective, and it's all about intent.
1: It is. Um, yeah.
0: But there's just kind of like this whole thing of like, you know, each side is like, "Well, oh, this, you know, this music is bad, or this music is bad, or a lot of people like to think that contemporary music doesn't follow the scriptures. I'm putting air quotes behind this. Yeah. And therefore, it shouldn't be in church.
1: Well, there's there's bad contemporary music and there's good contemporary right. music. Good contemporary music, I can recognize the scriptures when I hear it. Oh, that's Psalm 137. You know, I you know I can mm. simply because I'm I'm schooled in the scriptures. Right. I can I can pick up on when the contemporary music is reflecting that. And and contemporary music is written so much better now than it was 25 years ago.
0: Even yeah. like in the early 2000s, that was a rough yeah time.
1: It, it was. There was some really bad stuff out there, but there are also some hymns that have been around for mm-hmm. centuries that are not so good either. <laughs>
0: All right. One of my favorite hymns. Yeah. Okay. Last thing before we go on, because we still have um, a page in bit. Sure. Um, one of my favorite hymns is um, "Lift Every Voice and Sing," because that can be applied to so many different um, different situations. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite situations i have ever performed at him i performed it in college with my you know with my symphonic band i was in the symphonic band in college um and uh this was um we this was the same year of the stoneman douglas shooting Mm -hmm. it was like literally stoneman douglas happened and then we had our next rehearsal that following monday oh wow and that was also when we were passing out new music, and our choir—not our choir director, our band director—passed out um, this piece. It was written by the composer Omar Thomas, and it was of our new day gun. And it was based on "Lift Every Voice and Sing," and it was written in memory of uh, the victims of the Charleston right. shooting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And part, and like in the middle of the song, the band sings the chorus
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and the first verse of lift every voice and sing. Oh. And it is just such a powerful moment mm-hmm. because everything stops because it gets, the music gets so chaotic and so chaotic and then you pause and the band is singing. I mean, we also threw in our own flavor. Like we brought in, oh gosh, um, we brought in a gospel pianist and one of our uh, like newer, music professors who brought the house down Mm -hmm. and we ended with her singing you got
1: that on a track
0: i don't think so because we live stream all of our concerts Mm -hmm. but then uh youtube decided okay to pull a whole copyright infringement and take down every single one of our live streams well
1: sometimes that happens
0: i'll have to see if i can find a copy i'll have to see if i can Mm -hmm. find one because i because i know some people bootleg concerts mm-hmm. i know people bootleg concerts all the time so i know i can probably find one <laughs> but okay. it's just such a powerful it was just a powerful moment yeah because we also because before we even performed that our band director's like look stoneman douglas just happened and this is in yeah memory of everything that's just gone on
1: music actually. and music it speaks to us very powerfully of what the events in our life uh and hopefully the hope that we find in the scriptures um, and I'm I'm really over the battle between traditional and contemporary. If it glorifies Christ and if it encourages someone, um, I'm 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 okay with it. Yeah. As the old country preacher said, "I'm for it," you know.
0: <laughs> okay, we do a whole podcast on music. Mm-hmm. Love that. Okay, we're gonna continue. As a faith community, we like to go to Scripture and theologians for answers. We have books written like for everything. It's but not a lot of people want to ask young people why they're not in church. Like, there's so many books. Yeah. Like, there's so many books. They're
1: afraid them. of the answer they're going to get.
0: Right. And, it's, and a lot of us just want to go ask us. Yeah. We have the answer. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a specific people for why young people don't go to church. Like, when I I was like, I'd, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a book that's specifically on why the young professional group does not
1: want to go to yeah, church. Yeah, there's, there's some out there. We can pull some right. from that. Yeah.
0: Um, so I did the natural thing that any persons would do to find, like mm-hmm. any person would do to find answers. I went to the internet, right, and I went on Facebook,
1: social media, <laughs>
0: social yeah. media, because most of my friends are in my sure. age group. I made a post asking my friends to help me out. Uh, Twenty-one of my friends commented on my post because I just said, "Hey, I'm doing a writing project. Does someone like, does anyone want to help me?" Because I was expecting like maybe four or five people, and I had over twenty people comment to volunteer. Um, of those twenty-one, I reached out to nine people. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like the first few people that like commented, or I even had people message me asking to help, and I said, "Okay, that's cool." Um, I reached out to nine people, with two of those people having a connection to our home church. Right. So, two, of those people,
1: two to have connections to our church. Okay. Yes.
0: Um, of the nine, I was able to talk to seven, mm-hmm. including those two. Um, There were three men and -hmm. four women. Okay. Um, An interesting trend that I saw was that all of the men that I talked to were not currently attending church. Right. And all of the women I talked to were currently attending church. Hmm. Yeah. Um, The answers I received from my friends were eye-opening and not surprising. They weren't surprising. Right. It was just kind of like a validating moment. Um, and I have, like, a few of my more powerful quotes. Um, I have changed all names for privacy reasons, especially mm-hmm. for um, yes. my male friends. Because especially, like, I don't know, if you're if you're listening to this up north, right. I don't know if y'all get it. But down here, if someone, quote, outs you as not going to church or not being religious, it, you're, yeah. you are suddenly turned into, like, this social yeah. pariah. Like, yeah,
1: that we don't want that to happen. Right.
0: No. So this is really just to protect my friends. Um, So this question, I asked everybody who I I talked to, and I was like, so why do you think the 18 to 30 age demographic is one of the smallest in the church? And my friend Amy said, churchgoers sometimes are condemning or judgmental. Mm -hmm. Young adults are consumed with trying to find who they are and what they're supposed to do. They avoid the church because of the religious people who are stuck in traditional ways instead of creating an environment where young adults can figure out life and faith on their own. Wow. Yeah, because my generation, we we love to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, we grew up in the information age. Like, we want to figure stuff out. We want to learn and figure stuff out on our own because that's just how we are. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Katie said, we're one of the busiest groups, learning to manage adulthood and new jobs or college. Someday, sometimes sundays are the only off day and a lot of people can't make the sacrifice to get some extra sleep in the morning too i know i can't always go to church on sunday because i work night shift and sometimes i get stuck on my night shift schedule or end up working the morning part of sunday and i just can't go mm-hmm. and i'm like okay yeah so the next question was if you go to church do you think your church offers ample opportunities for young adults to lead and serve the church and allison my friend allison said yes my church offers opportunities for people of all ages we are the church we're supposed to support the older members and raise up the younger members
1: positive attitude positive answer
0: i know she, that, that was, she cool. was like ready to go she was ready to go
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. uh, katie said i feel like there isn't a ton of outreach for young adults or if there is it's specifically for college students mm-hmm. that's a problem a lot of uh, churches especially in college towns have they focus so much on their college ministry that they kind of ignore the people who graduate. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind
1: of fall through the cracks after graduation. Yes. Then. Okay. It's very.
0: It's it's kind of like a big problem. Yeah. I feel that the church and churchgoers would benefit from young professional outreach, and I was like, yes, hmm. yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. That that that's 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 a good point. Mm-hmm. Well taken. <laughs> so now I'm thinking what that outreach would look like. And right. that's something we can talk about later too. But.
0: Um, uh, Amy said, yes, I do go to church and my church does offer that. Every person has a passion and can use that to further the church's mission. Culture is ever changing, but the mission of the church doesn't. The church needs young adults to leave and to lead and serve. In my opinion, it all depends if young adults feel like they are given the opportunity to freely use those passions by the pastor leader, or mm-hmm. leadership. That the leaders create a safe environment to fail, succeed.
1: Yeah, and I think that's important. You have to, you have to give permission to fail
0: mm-hmm.
1: because you know.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite. It's the
1: old ad. Yeah. It's the old example of Babe Ruth struck out twice as many times as he hit home runs, right. but if he'd never swung at the ball, he'd never hit a home run. Right. You know, so you got to keep swinging.
0: Yeah, one yeah. of my favorite quotes comes from the MythBusters TV show. Mm-hmm. Adam <laughs> from the MythBusters when he said, "Failure is always an option." sure always like it is always an option Mm -hmm. um i put that in my teaching i put that in playing i put that in almost everything i do because failure is always an option and thomas edison he didn't fail ten thousand ways he just found he just (laughs) found ways that it doesn't work sure putting that positive spin on stuff Mm -hmm. just like we need that environment to fail in order Mm -hmm. to find what does work absolutely um uh, I'm so thankful to all my friends who answered me and helped me out with everything. Um, I changed their names because for some reason there's a weird taboo around talking about this topic. Like uh-huh. some of my friends just didn't feel comfortable.
1: Ta- even ad- even addressing it. Yeah. Right,
0: because they were like, oh, I don't want my name getting out because I don't want mm-hmm. to be traced back from <laughs> people in my church. Wow. Yeah, it yeah. was it was kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends, David, gave me some insight to this. Um we talked for a long time and it boiled down to no one really wants to talk about issues that bring out a negative side to us and that's mm-hmm. true especially an organization like the church wow and church culture really puts a level of shame around topics that aren't des- like that aren't really desirable to talk about like faults in the, like just faults in the church culture in general um, mental health racism sexism just everything going on with that shame and fear are the two main tools that the church uses to suppress any critique or question that someone raises mm. and that's true like, I think that's I, completely true I,
1: I think I think especially in the uh, whatever pub, uh, publicly that's the way it comes across mm-hmm. um, and I have seen and there are judgmental and sh- and people who want to, to shame you but uh, it, there's 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 a I think the majority of the people want to love you, yeah. But because they're graceful people and they want to get along with everybody, they're not very vocal. So the ones that get the attention are the ones that are vocal. That are both, yeah, the ones that are most negative. Mm-hmm. You know, this, it's the it's the squeaky wheel gets the grease, so to speak, sort of right. thing. You know, it just but, feels
0: like every time someone might yeah. talk about a topic mm-hmm. that no one wants to talk about, it's like. Why would you ask that question? Or that's not appropriate for church. Mm-hmm. And we need to be having these conversations. We need to be having
1: conversations about anything. I don't think anything's off topic. Like yeah, chur-
0: like church. I hot hot it, topic again.
1: Any part of the human experience should yeah. not be off topic.
0: Because you know? Christ, again, Christ was fully human, fully divine.
1: Exactly. So
0: if we're gonna honor, because we honor the fully divine part so many times, but we also have to honor the fully human. The fully
1: human. human. Yeah.
0: Because that's just mm-hmm. how we need to honor it. Because Jesus has that full balance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, oh, I just had like... Oh,
1: and becau- because we are made and formed in the image of God, the image of God is within us, mm-hmm.
0: right? Right.
1: So we have to understand we're spiritual beings also because we're made in God's image.
0: And we have to find that balance. And we have to
1: find that balance. I agree. I think because of time constraints... Oh, no. Yeah, I know. It didn't seem like we have been talking for all that long. but. So uh, I think we're going to sign off this time, but yeah. we'll pick up where we left off. That's yep. that's good stuff. Right. Yes.
0: So uh, before we go, just remember, follow the podcast, share us wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, send us an email, questions, comments, concerns, suggestions. Um, again, this is meant to just be kind of like a, a discussion
1: mm-hmm.
0: that just really needs to happen.
1: And we just want to be real. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Remember remember Jesus loves you and we're trying to. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <Okay. laughs> <Bye-bye>. Bye bye. <laughs>